the year is 2005. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is my marvelous year. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year, a comic book reading club where we go through the best of Marvel comics from its origins to today. I'm Zach, your comic book master. I'm joined today by Dave Busing, founder and CEO of Comic Book Herald. And if you're not reading Dave's weekly Comic Book Herald web, I was going to say web page, newsletter, you're missing out on some of the best big two modern comic book analysis on the internet. Dave, it's a great, it's a great newsletter. I was called it a great web page again. I keep wanting to be. It's a great web page. That's fine. It's a great blog. Great blog, Dave. Uh, uh, fantastic. Well, I think blogging is going to be big this year. I think 2023 <laughs> is the year of the Hopefully. blog. Zach, thank you so much. That's yeah. you've said that a couple of times. It's very sweet of you to say. Um, I I will say. Listen, when you said master, I obviously rejected that. That is, you're far off from a master. But honestly, with these opinions you're sharing here. You're definitely getting close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the more you say things like this, the more I'm like, maybe he is a master. <laughs> uh, I'm also joined today. You heard her voice real briefly there. It's Charlotte Fierro, comic book Rainbow Belt. And Charlotte's Charlotte's infectious enthusiasm for the comics that she deeply loves. Well, I already said it. It's infectious. And I felt that today <laughs> reading the Young Avengers comic. Charlotte, Aww. it's always a joy talking to you. Wow, I'm, I'm oh, that's really nice. I'm, I'm I'm happy to be talking about this uh, this comics with you today. Uh, yeah, Young Avengers, one of my, well, not this one, but we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, I'm actually I'm waiting to talk about it. Yeah, I'm waiting for a true. shoe to drop here because Zach has been so nice in these. Int- I'm like waiting for like some like stinky turn here <laughs> where he just zings us and gets us right. I don't I don't think it's gonna come. I think he's just being nice. Thank you, Zach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like praising my pals. Sometimes, sometimes it's nice to nice to be nice. Yeah, and uh, and I didn't actually have anything. I, the The best joke I had was something about like Young Avengers isn't it's ageist for to not have old Avengers then something like that. And yeah, that, you made the right call. You made yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Good <laughs> joke. Although old Avengers, is there something that no? There's really nothing there. I mean, there are there is there is a wave in the 2010s of old man, old woman. Uh, titles, you know, mm-hmm. once I, we, we old man Logan is a title that comes mm-hmm. out, and uh, but then that that like kind of kicks into overdrive, and it has a Lady Stiltman effect, where it's like it just like incredibly goofy. Um, so old Avengers, I mean, it, that's honestly that's kind of a book that's coming out soon by Chip Zdarsky and Daniel Acuna here in 2024, Avengers Twilight. Yeah, that's basically old Avengers. I wish they just called it that. See, I mean, it wasn't even a joke. I was just future casting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Chip, is that you? (laughs) (laughs) I've been thinking if we could get him on extra issues. I mean, he podcasts. He does that manga podcast every week. Oh, I, I'm sure you could if you. uh, I think I have his email. Although I listen to him on the manga podcast, and he's the one that I most often go like, "What? Like what? He has such interesting um, viewpoints on comics and like analysis of how to break in comics, but then his Mm -hmm. opinions on individual different." 
comics is so bewildering to me most often. <laughs> it's I've, I've listened to, um, yeah. you know what I've actually started doing? Uh, so manga explaining is... Yes. They, they copied my Marvelous Year. Yep. Um, yep. But for yep. manga. You yeah, know, I had so David I, they, Brothers on the podcast once just to accuse him of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think it's like, <laughs> it's like, listen, do they do a good job? Yes. Are they more popular than us? Probably with, Probably. with Probably. you know comics folks because of their connections. Did they oh, just steal from <laughs> just us? Just because of their connections. That is kind of rude. <laughs> well, no, also, no. I mean, like, they're, those are, like, well-known, respected people, like, in the mm-hmm. comics industry, whereas we are, like three weirdos right mm-hmm. like i think that's fair to say mm-hmm. i don't know is we're, that, is we're that... The, the rowdies of comic book podcasting is that a, a wrestling a wrestling reference no it's a indian movie <laughs> reference i've been watching a ton of <laughs> bollywood uh-huh. and but i kind of thought it would i work without context you know nope. you were rowdies you're just rowdies. okay yeah i was i was hearing like rowdy ron like isn't there like a rowdy ron Ooh, rowdy piper? roddy piper yeah i think there it is he's not around when i'm watching stuff in the 90s mid or 95 I think he's already kind of passed his heyday. Now, Rowdy but, Ron Piper is what I always referred to Ron Weasley as. I, I just God. always saw him as a Rowdy wow. Ron Piper. Um, okay. Wait, <laughs> where were we going with Yes. This? Anyway, my point was what I've been doing with Mangus Planning, Zach, mm-hmm. is they, yeah. they actually have a fantastic um, website where they each of their episodes is listed. And I don't listen to any of the episodes, but I love their show notes and mm-hmm. the ways they explain what they're – like it is like the ultimate – manga to read list oh yeah um, explain all the different yeah. types and and just like there's a ton of information on there so it's it, listen it's they're all really good at what they do um chip is their premise is like chip doesn't know manga obviously he's a successful comics you know writer and artist in his in his own right um but uh the premise is like he doesn't know manga and they're teaching it to him i the couple episodes i listened to i was baffled by his reaction to things mm-hmm. um like it was just not at all what you'd expect uh, yeah. Which is entertaining, which is which is definitely interesting. But I, it would I be really something where, like, uh, like he loved um, Takahashi, the Sailor Moon creator's Mermaid Saga, which I thought was <laughs> fine, but he loved it. And then like Akira and Full Metal Alchemist, he'd be like, "Snooze, boring." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. anyway, but yes, I mean, just like through sheer exposure of you know a wide variety of manga, it's worth checking out uh, just to get like a reading club that will you know, guide you into a million different things. Anyway, this is not a but, manga screening. Well, but um, no, I, I just do want to, again, put on tape, like we are waiting for the royalties that they that they owe us um, for the premise of explaining comics to someone who is not familiar with them. I think mm-hmm. obviously we've had we that pretty early. Absolutely. Yeah, we invented that. <laughs> <laughs> we invented the, the idea of explaining comics. <laughs> yep, yep, totally. That's us. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're talking about Avengers and... New Avengers, <laughs> Charlotte, don't laugh. Great segue. <laughs> Speaking of avenging Explaining your things. reputation there as a podcaster. That's it. Um, I'm talking about New Avengers and Young Avengers, both by Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, Stop been, it. So Absolutely I, I genuinely, like, it doesn't matter how many times Charlotte tells me that Brian Michael Bendis doesn't write Young Avengers. It took me reading it. To finally cement that in my head, I just kept thinking it. Like you've told me I, that so many I times. I actually, I actually thought the same thing. This read, Zach. I'm not gonna lie. I, really? just, I had the okay. same feeling. Yeah, I, I mean, just kind of had this idea. It like a that... Bendis comic. Like it starts with yeah. JJJ and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Jessica Jones. Like that's that's a very Bendis kind of banter. Uh, those are yeah. Bendis faves. Yeah, yeah. It, it does have a little Bendis tease to it. But like, yes, yeah. I kind of just kept thinking that. And I even said it to Rose yesterday. I was like, yeah, I'm reading a bunch of Avengers by Bendis. And then I sat down and started. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, he doesn't. Charlotte's he doesn't. Stop. <laughs> it's, um, anyway, but we can talk about New Avengers, which is Avengers Rising Up. 
out of the ashes of uh, Disassembled in 2004. Um, Dave, do you know how much of a gap there was between Disassembled and this off the top of your head? I'm assuming it was... Uh, not a massive one. Yeah. Not a massive one. I mean, we're talking months, not yeah. years. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so a handful of months. It's not Disassembled disassembles the concept of an Avengers. There's no title for a few months. And then it relaunches with new Avengers. So it's not like fans are sitting here like, oh my gosh, there's no Avengers. Um, we'll see, like on the DC side of things, I don't think it spoils anything, but they do a they do a thing in the 2000s called A World Without, you know, like Missing Heroes or whatever, where it's like yeah. Superman, mm-hmm. Batman, Wonder Woman are missing, like for a whole year is the premise. Yeah. This doesn't approach that. Um, that said, I think the stage is set for... There are no Avengers. Iron Man is like pretty resigned to there being no Avengers. They don't have the funds to support it anymore. Like there's a real sense that I think Bendis and the team do a good job cultivating here, which is like disassembled has ruined them. Like that they really lean into, you know, Bendis is is one thing he's very good at is committing to his own gravity. You know, he commits to his own sense of the devastation that Avengers disassembled, you know, unleashed upon, like, the Avengers community to the point where there's real kind of doubt as to, like, will they, won't they get the team back together. Now, it's a book yeah. called New Avengers, yeah. and it clearly, I, like, we're moving that direction. But there, I think he commits to that sense of, like, do we, is this even going to happen? Do we really even need this, you know? I think, so. I think you're right. I think that's such, like, a strength of his is, uh, you know, committing to something like that. And with his, like, more style of, like, more decompressed comics, he does let stuff linger for a while before, you know, addressing it. It doesn't feel like that kind of classic, like, oh, a character gets killed or, you know, is uh, knocked out of action. And then, you know, we got to get him back on the board two issues later. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. 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 That's interesting. So I I think I had extremely high expectations. I kind of want to (laughs) set where I I rate this comic. I -hmm. had really high expectations for this for some reason. I think it was just felt built up in my head that like Bendis taking over Avengers, doing Avengers proper was going to be, you know, some monumental run. And we'll, we'll see. I know he does this for a long time, years and years. Um, this is one of the best Avengers comics we read, we've ever read, I think. And also oh, wow. like a pretty big disappointment to me <laughs> because oh, of oh. the, well, we can talk about the details, but because of the lack of ambition in what, it is, I guess. I think mm-hmm. I expected that this was going to be some kind of, like, I mean, you know, high bar, but like a mortal hulking of the Avengers or Krakoa of the Avengers or something, you know, but these yeah, are all yeah, modern yeah. comparisons, but like a real foundational retooling. reinvention kind of thing. Sure. And it's like, no, it's a roster change with Captain America and Iron Man at the head, right? Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. especially those first six issues, I think, it is just like, it's a new team, and it's just like, yeah, a few people we have never pulled into the Avengers before, or if we had, it was only for, you know, a guest spot or something. Interesting. It, yeah, so I was like, by the second or third issue, when it was just like Captain America leading a new team of Avengers, I was like, oh, this is, the ambition here is, uh, it, you know, and that's an unfair assumption, like, I guess I just assumed this would be some kind of a sea change for the Avengers. <laughs> You've never read these before. Uh, uh-uh, I haven't read any of this. Okay, uh, I'm gonna have sure. read extremely little of <laughs> what comes forward now. You know? yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Charlotte, what did you think of New Avengers? Do you f- fall kind of where Zach landed, or, or what do you think? So I think my expectations were more tempered be- just because I had read this before. I, I read this like 
once or twice, once when I was like a teenager getting into Marvel Comics, and once a bit more recently, I think. Um, so I like I knew what was happening overall. I knew the roster change. I knew like where the team was at. I think I think it's a very exciting comic, um, just because like. It sounds obvious to say, hey, Spider-Man, Wolverine, those are some of the most famous guys we have. Let's put them on an Avengers team, you know? Like, it, it's not that obvious in retrospect. Like, they're not yeah. Avengers players at all. And, like, Spider-Woman, Luke Cage, those aren't, like, obvious Avengers pick. Um, so I think, like, it's a very interesting roster change that I, I do think feels more different than usual. Um, I would agree that there is a certain lack of ambition as to the, I don't know, like the actual story and the actual, like, like, I feel like I'm missing a mission statement, you know? Yeah, um, totally. Besides, like, yeah, it's a new team. Yeah, like, I'm missing, like, what's actually different about what you're doing. So you're not going to be tied to the UN and to the US government as much, okay? But I'm failing to see that because it's still very tied to S.H.I.E.L.D. and that kind of, like, spy political stuff. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it, it is a bit a bit nebulous about what actually is different uh, compared to, to the usual Avengers. Um, and also, I think a bit of it is, like, yeah, they're moving to a tower. That's, like, yeah, that's obvious to us, Avengers Tower. We know that. Like, it's moving into places that are obvious to us because they have become, like, like what the Avengers are. Like, mm-hmm. this yeah. this is it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it like, some of the changes that would have been, like, huge at the time to us feel like, yeah, that's that's what the Avengers are. And it's also um, just a, you know, just a location change. It's not that, sure. that yeah, exciting yeah. either. I, I also think it's harmed by, I think the first arc, while a totally fine and competent Avengers arc, doesn't put its best foot forward with, like, it's a jailbreak. Villains are out. Like, none of it's... It's fine. Like it works and oh, it moves. Oh, I, oh, oh, you're into this? Okay, I, I, I kind of think you, just, yeah, I was gonna I let can you go. With that, yeah. But that is okay. You think okay. the jail? I mean, the jail. Okay. The second arc. I'm gonna I'm gonna praise the second arc a oh, lot more it. for its like big. Ambition, let me let me share swings. some thoughts. Okay. On new Avengers. I'm gonna sit back and just let there. it wash over me. As I said previously, to the youths, to the youths of America, put some respect. I'm Brian Michael Bendis' name. Sing it. Put some respect (laughs) on Brian Michael Bendis' name. This guy knows how to relaunch a franchise, how to make it the center of the GD Marvel Universe. Nobody has the gumption, the cojones, the frijoles to dive in to the Marvel Universe and say, I'm just going to own this. Oh, sorry. I am just going to own the center. Talking about Alan Heinberg on Young Avengers, you, you got mixed up a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. What did I say? I said Bendis. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. No. I I love Please this kickoff. I love this kickoff to New Avengers um, with Bendis and Finch. I think Breakout. Listen, this this story is exciting. It is fresh. It is fun. It is a fantastic way to assemble a team. It is a fantastic way to have them get to play with like a gazillion supervillains right off the bat and just have that fun, immediate gratification sense of, oh, snap, there's Carnage. Oh, Purple Man, Luke Cage. I've read Alias. That's a big deal. Like, you just dive into that in quick hit bursts while simultaneously introducing the concept of this team getting together. Breakout is so 
sort of foundational that it has been reused in basically every Avengers video game that has ever happened since. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like video games love this concept and it's not hard to see why. It is just a, it is kind of the perfect action vehicle for getting a team together on the raft, you know? And it also like, name a comic that we've read in the previous, what are we at? We're 2005 here, mm-hmm. since 1962. You know, we got 40 years of comics. Name, name the good supervillain prison comic. They've tried a handful of times. Mm-hmm. This is the first time where it's like, it actually has that sense of, oh, how wrong could this go if all of them escape? Now, it is funny to me that the answer is like, oh, what if the power went out? <laughs> yeah, that I mean, that certainly saps the, like, the, the severity of this. They build it up so much about, you know, all the yeah. precautions. And then it's like, Electra just does a little zap. <laughs> and everybody gets out. Um, and then I, I do, I agree the, um, you know, like, they literally pull up, I think, the Marvel Encyclopedia or the Guide to Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Pictures of all of the villains on the screen when they're looking at like all the escapees, which is yeah. fun. But then I look over and I'm like, I know three of these guys. Like, so like, it's all the D-listers. I do think. Well, there's needed- there's a bunch of them, but then you also mix. You know, the fact that we get to in three issues incorporate Electro, Carnage, Purple Man. Those are you get the, you get a little jigsaw action. You know, yeah. and but then like even just a bunch of quote unquote D-listers who all have Spider-Man in their grasps yeah. and they are just wailing on like yeah, that that's has a good scene. Yeah. That has impact, I think. Um I think it's heavy. I think you know his arm gets snapped by Jigsaw. Like there is immediate concerning, you know, threats <laughs> for this team to be facing. They are not in control. They are massively overwhelmed and that's kind of the the premise. Now, so I I think Breakout's tremendously exciting. Um I think it is it is the best of the 10 issues that we read by far. I think things yeah fade from there a little bit. Uh, I do just, I want to talk about what you're saying there, Zach, in terms of like, how ambitious is this actually? Um, And you know what, actually, before we do that, for those who are less familiar or haven't read this yet, um, the heroes that do assemble on the raft, let's just, do we we name them? Do we say them already? We got Spidey. Charlotte did, yeah. Yeah, okay. We got Luke Cage, we got Cap, Mm. um, Iron Man shows up eventually, and then we got Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman. And then we'll have some some additional heroes kind of throughout the rest of the pages. But... (laughs) The, the idea that this is like, it's like, how ambitious is this, right? Like, how, how ambitious is this? I think, Zach, what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me. But Avengers fans and Avengers readership have been, you know, again, like in 40 years of history, like pretty beholden to the idea that Spider-Man is not an Avenger. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. That, yeah. that Wolverine the Avengers is, this is not an Avenger. This one little narrow, weird band of people. <clears throat> yes. And what Bendis's impulses are here, assuming he's the, the driving force, because you also have editor Tom Brevoort taking over the book, who has the longest tenured ship in editor history of any editor of any kind at any company. Um, they they see that, okay, to make Avengers fresh, like people keep saying Avengers is boring. People keep saying Avengers aren't that exciting. So what if we just took the stuff that is good from Marvel <laughs> and made it a part of, of Avengers? And then Bendis also has the good sense, of course, to pick his faiths, right? And to be like, well, I'm actually doing a lot with Luke and I have in the pages of Jessica Jones, let's give Luke Cage some shine. That has never happened, right? Always been a heroes for hire kind of, you know, C-lister mm-hmm. to this point. Let's put Luke Cage in the spotlight. And then Jessica Drew, 
kind of Bendis takes ownership and says, "What's Jessica Drew been up to? What how's how Spider Woman been used since Anna Senti, Chris Claremont, right?" And says, "Okay, there's a character that I can take and own." I really like that impulse, and I like how committed Bendis is as a creative force to be like, "These are my characters. I am going to give them all the time." And you can certainly have reactions as to like how well that works, right? Or criticisms about those comics, you know, working or not working. But at the end of the day, he's like, there are, these are some characters that were not getting shine, and I'm going to wholly commit to them. To the point that as the 2000s progress, Luke Cage is a major player. Jessica Drew is a major player. These are things that don't happen without a creator deciding um, that that they're committed to that happening, right? Uh, so I enjoy that. I appreciate that. As far as like, it's like on one hand, yes, this is just a roster assembly. On the other hand, I think it is it is a bigger sea change within fandom because of who is put on the team. Uh, I think in retrospect, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, like the Avengers don't like change their purpose, right? The Avengers does not become like a new entity. It's just about who's on the team. But the who's on the team, it's kind of, it is breaking ground in that regard. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I like see it as exciting in, in like being groundbreaking, but it is like, I guess it is. It just doesn't seem to me just like getting different people that you didn't get before, uh, I'm not going to be like, what What an editorial swing to get Spider-Man <laughs> on the team. But uh, it does, yeah, it is exciting. Like, it is a good team. I like a roster change. I always love the roster assembly issues. Yeah. So, like, I kind of like it on that level. I just, it purely is, like, I think I had some kind of expectations about, like, new Avengers. Like, this was going to be some kind of, well, new Avengers uh, and not just a roster change. But again, a little unfair. Like, I, you know, I made that up in my head that it was going to be that and then was disappointed it wasn't because I do think this is a good story and I like I said I think one of the better Avengers stories I think Bendis has that like knack he, he actually has the really good um like back and forth banter with the characters I think it really works here there's enough of them bouncing off of each other everyone gets a little bit of a distinct voice I think the banter's playful and like snappy yeah. um so like all all that really works I think <clears throat> like he finds the voice for everybody and what you said with uh, Captain America um kind of feeling defeated him and iron man being like the old guard here i i i was like i was surprised that the two of them are leading it because <clears throat> it does feel like you know that it's still very beholden to the past with the two of them but you know um maybe they kind of have to i i think i just also felt and this is something that you just wrote about dave uh in your newsletter that i was thinking about while reading these you were writing something about like the modern era of X-Men comics, like, finishing some, you know, unfulfilled stories stuff because of maybe they're feeling like, yeah, I'll have time. Let me, let me, you know, like, I'll, yeah. I'll take my time to, like, pace this out and, you know, we'll get to the payoffs eventually. And you wrote something like, you know, like, use your clout when you have it, right? Like, when you, you know, like, don't wait to tell your stories. If you have the opportunity, do it. And I think Young Avengers nails this so hard that New Avengers really pales in comparison i think young avengers and we're going to talk about that like does so much in those first six issues and it feels like the conclusion to years of comics by the end of that it feels mm. like the emotions of that i'm like you know it, it has built up so much and then by the like end of that it's like oh this is like the end of the an era for the young avengers and it's like no i just met them but like emotionally it wants to like go through this whole big arc in a way that i think has so much ambition and then i think new avengers kind of pales in comparison um but it is Bendis, and he's very good here. And like, I don't really well, have any other. Hang on, let's 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 address that point. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. address that point about, you know, does it 
does it move through things fast enough? Is it is it taking swings? I actually really like the ways Bendis is setting up mystery. Um, it is a little challenging because I know he does get to be on the book for years and years. Like, I do know that these things get answers. You know what I mean? These are not. Sure. So, like, the opening with a mysterious presence, you know, paying Max Dillon to go break out all the supervillains, I think is, like, a really cool tease, right? You have someone orchestrating the supervillain breakout. You have someone pulling the strings. You have um, corrupt shield. You know, you kind of questioned, Charlotte, I think, like, what is their mission? I think the one of the big differences here is Nick Fury's out as the head of shield. You have this antagonistic Maria Hill at the helm, which we can talk about how that's done. Um, but then you have, you know, the Avengers are not only at odds with shield, but they're like, shield seems corrupt. Shield is like, like they orchestrate uh, the murder of, of all these people in the savage land. Well, they including have like their, their camp, own agents right? that are that like have gone rogue yeah. and are like you know what are they <clears> stealing <throat> or exporting vibranium or something right like there's there's yeah. a corruptness at the heart of shield that the Avengers are exploring I think that's actually kind of the center of this Avengers mission is to like yeah. navigate and figure that out um so there's a little sort of espionage intrigue going on there that kind of gets lost in the second arc because it's it's big and it's about the century uh is who obviously we'll talk about the century here in a bit um, I don't know, Charlotte, what do you think in terms of like the way this progresses through 10 issues and Zach's thoughts there? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I mean, I, I see the like spy shield angle as being the core. Maybe it's just that like, that's not my favorite thing. <laughs> so yeah. It's not like, it's not a mission statement that I love necessarily, but I also think it's not emphasized that much. I, I almost feel like, like in the second half, the, they're not called that yet, but the uh, thing is like, Okay, that's a strong idea. That's a yeah. st- very strong core idea well, don't, for a Just book. be careful not to talk about that too much because people won't. I'm going to have to bleep you, and I don't think people will want to hear about that. Well, we can talk about what's here. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Here, but I had forgotten it started this early. Yeah, yeah it, it is yeah. a cool idea. Yeah. So, all we know so far is that, like, Iron Man, Professor Xavier, Namor, Black Bolt, Stephen Strange, and Reed Richards are, like, having secret meetings, and we. Basically, about, like, about everything that's going on in the Marvel Universe and everything they're doing each on their own. And we don't know much more than that, how it started or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, basically, Iron Man, like, tells the others about what he's doing with the Avengers. And, like, Namor is reacting to that. Xavier is reacting to that. And it's, like, it is a very interesting idea. And so far, we don't know yet what's going to come of that but like that's a that's a very strong that's a very strong call to this book and it's also a very a great way of making like we like you said like the avengers is now abs- absolutely the core of marvel comics yeah like everything ties back to the avengers and you can find everything in the avengers like the avengers is the only book where you're gonna have a battle with the x-men and the inhumans and the fantastic four and and the avengers like fight uh like uh, fighting the Sentry, uh, stuff like that. Like that's the Avengers is the book, and I think that's like I don't I don't know if you guys feel the same. To me, reading this, I was like, okay, now like we're in we are fully in modern Marvel. Like in a way, modern Marvel starts here. Yeah. To me, like at least sure. what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like something I didn't quite like. Uh, that wasn't solidified to me until this, but it's not like I think. 
was already too like in my mind of of comics I'd read since the since the since I was a, since I was a teenager like getting into comics. Everything post Bendis on New Avengers is modern Marvel, and everything before that is like older Marvel. Does that make sense? Um, like Bendis takes control of it and is like, no, we're gonna have a center. The Marvel universe is gonna feel like a universe where everything is tied together, and the core of that is Avengers, uh, kind of in a in an MCU way. With like Avengers is the book where you have like. A team of Avengers with Spider-Man, with Wolverine, and with, like, with mutant villains, with Spider-Man villains, with, like, more classic Avengers villain. Everything is in Avengers. That's, like, that's an in- that's a very, very cool thing for Avengers. Like, they, the fact that they don't play in their own corner anymore, like, there, are, there aren't specific Avengers villains anymore. Like, every Marvel villain is an Avengers villain by virtue of the Avengers yeah. being the Marvel mm. heroes. Yeah, and I think that's, like... Maybe that's one of the more interesting changes with New Avengers is like fully putting them in the center in that way, both with the with the raft, with the breakthrough, with the choice of villains, and then with the sentries. Like, okay, when you have like a big quote unquote evil Superman guy, like or like a, a Superman level threat in the Marvel Universe, who's gonna take care of that? What's the Avengers? Like that's 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 really cool to me. That's thing I think that's that's the main thing that's like a big new thing here. Can Even I yeah, speak to your not as obvious? <clears throat> you're uh, mentioning like this feels like the beginning of modern Marvel to you. I had the same thing, but with the Young Avengers, where <clears throat> uh, introducing so many characters, like Young Avengers introduces like six new characters who then go on to all have like are in the Marvel universe now and are like bigger players. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, there's all these <clears throat> Marvel characters now that, like, I am not that familiar with that feel like very modern characters, even if they're almost 20 years old at this point, like Wiccan, Hulkling, and Kate Bishop, and Cassie Lang, you know, as an Ant-Man, um, all this stuff. <clears throat> so, like, actually seeing them introduced here, that feels like the beginning of, like, a modern Marvel to me. But that's, yeah. you know, that's a lot of, like, oh, this is the beginning of me seeing, like, what all the, you know. The, the reference points that I don't get when I read contemporary comics, and I'm like, oh, I don't really know these people. Um, now I'm starting to actually like be introduced to them. So yeah, I do think yeah. Charlotte's spot on in terms like like editorially, narratively, this is absolutely modern Marvel now. You know, I think I think creatively, you can make the argument that that the modern era starts with Marvel Knights, right? So like you get yeah. that vision and you get that direction, circa '98, but you don't have that kind of singular creative ownership. And again, like you could call this book Marvel Universe number one, and it works. And I love when Marvel has a book like that. Um, I I love when they have a book when it's like, yeah, this is like kind of everything in Marvel. If there's a problem, they deal with, you know, this is a thing that comes up a ton. And it's a a thing that we don't talk about a lot because we don't care, I think. Um, But like right now, like Marvel Spider-Man 2 just came out and don't worry, I'm not going to spoil anything. But one thing people keep bringing up is like, where are the Avengers? You know, like these crazy things are happening in New York and it's only Spider-Man. Where are the Avengers? And again, that's not a question. Uh, I I just played Spider-Man PS4. I'm in the middle of playing it. And when you go to the Avengers Towers, he literally says... Oh, the Avengers are on the West Coast right now. So yeah, no, there's always uh, an ex- there's always an answer. They're nerds. Yeah, there's always like they're in space. They're dealing with something, yeah. right? But I'm saying that's always no, a little know. lame. It's a thing that it's just a suspension of disbelief that you just have to grant to enjoy these stories. That said, 
when you put everyone together <laughs> as part of the Avengers, uh, you you don't have to do that anymore. You know, um, like like you have X Men participation, you have Spider Man participation. Without being super ham fisted about it, the Avengers are now just a team that basically captures every element of Marvel. You know, and I guess if you if you said Luke for like street level heroes, they asked Daredevil. He's like, no, thank you. Which I do like that moment. I do like that, the connective tissue there as well with Bendis in his own Daredevil run of being like, no, we need we need a character here who does not want to play <laughs> with the Avengers for his own reasons. I think that works with what Bendis has been doing on Daredevil anyway. Um, so I love that about it. I, I love that it just owns the center, even if you don't. And I think, Zach, to your you know, kind of initial point about like, <clears throat> it doesn't feel like a foundational enough change. I think you actually have a tremendous amount of fandom that really rejects the changes it does make. So I think if you're Bendis, if you're David Finch, if you're Tom Brevoort, you're sitting there in 2004, 2005, you're probably like, oh, this didn't, this wasn't enough change. Here's all the letters we got about people furious about putting <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man sure. on the scene. You know what I mean? Like it probably yeah. felt pretty significant mm. because of the rejection. And even now you have a lot of fandom that's like, oh, the classic, you know, Busiak Perez Avengers is the, is the sacred cow. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, I, I do prefer this modern reinvention a lot. You know, I think all of us, you know, there are Avengers moments that we can point to. But to Charlotte's point, they often feel, they're kind of this isolated franchise. Yeah. That is the that is the boring one. They're and, tr- the traditional one. And it's turned towards itself. Like, I, I, I don't think the, the Busiak run is bad by any measure. But I think it's very much turned towards itself <sighs> and towards the past of Marvel. And I think New Avengers is absolutely turned towards the future. Like it is a beginning, like and like heading towards like and also because I know that it's gonna lead to to events to 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 the future of uh, of of the core of the Marvel universe. But like, it feels like a beginning that is turned to, let's do something new, let's build something. Yeah, I guess um, I I just don't like <clears throat> that like it being future for you know like seeing. I I guess I don't see that as much. You know, well, it kind of feel feels like. like uh, pretty good Avengers story we're like except with the Sentry stuff we haven't talked about the Sentry stuff Sentry feels like to me the addition of Sentry feels like a sea change to me because that character is very modern doesn't have like a big fan base and is like really outside the scope of what like we normally get in Marvel period let alone the Avengers so like this Mm -hmm. Superman-esque figure in the center of it who's a little bit of a I don't want to say loose cannon that's not correct but like there's a uh, danger to him and you know his mental state here you know which we find out a lot more about uh that feels very like fresh for avengers to me um yeah you know and having a yeah having a character like that uh on the team feels feels new to me in a way that like spider-man and wolverine i'm kind of like yeah okay i mean or even spider-woman and like we've we've just had so many roster changes in the past with uh you know, the, like, Luke Cage and Spider-Woman level characters. I really like them on here. So, like, they're good additions. And then Spider-Man and Wolverine, <laughs> I guess I just see a lot of them. So it's not, like, that yeah. exciting. I mean, they're very much <laughs> not new characters. They're new yeah. to Avengers, but they're not new characters. Whereas Sentry, like, we've read about him, but he does still feel very new. And seeing him like actually... He's, like, two years old at this point, yeah. And we've never really seen him, like, integrated and interacting <clears throat> yeah. with... I well, mean, that's, that's the challenge that Bendis has here, yeah, is yeah. how do we take... This, you know, originally what was a gag concept, but then Paul Jenkins and, and Jay Lee did a great job with it. How do we make him just part of Marvel Universe proper? Yeah. Um, before I get to that, you know, I do want to highlight, too, we've been saying a lot, like, 
oh man, the sea change of, you know, Spider-Man and Wolvie on the Avengers. It's like the Avengers have had weird lineups before. Like, let's not, let me not overlook like, you know, the addition of Sandman, <laughs> like was yeah, an Avenger, right. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like obviously just in the eighties, the Roger Stern stuff where you have like Monica Rambeau and Black Knight, you know, heading up the, like, like it, it's not like the Avengers haven't had, it's not like they haven't taken swings, you know, putting Rage on the team during the Larry Hama era, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, so it's it's not like they haven't had weird rosters before, but I think they they've never quite committed to this degree. It it actually reminds me a lot of like what Grant Morrison and Howard Porter did on JLA in 1997, where they're just like, well, let's just put all the biggest heroes and just declare this mm-hmm. as the book, and then you can get weird around those edges. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so it's sure. like okay, instead of fussing around and having Booster Gold leading the Justice League team, this is Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. And Flash and Green Lantern, like that's the JLA, and then you can get weird throwing a plastic. And then you can add throwing Catwoman, throwing Serial, the the Angel. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just join the team where I'm reading. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's I think that's kind of the template that Bendis is playing off a little bit here. Um, And then you know, and then he's like, okay, I've got this thing now. Now who's my Thor? Okay, it's Sentry. It's a it's a Superman with severe mental health issues who is his own worst enemy. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't. The Sentry stuff is interesting. I think it actually. You know, you, you do have this problem when you have kind of a idiosyncratic creative vision and then you're trying to bring it into a big two superhero universe. They do have to sand off some of the edges of the Sentry to make it smoother. I, I think Bendis's attempts to bring the Sentry in and have it make sense and also try to do some of the like meta, everyone forgot about you, you used to be a comic book character. Like it's like a real watered down Miracle Man going on with the century and i i don't really think any of it quite works it is an interesting experiment and it's definitely a unique way to to bring this character in but i don't i actually don't think the century arc i i don't think any of it really kind of works i i think it's it's mm. playing it's just so watered down i guess with the meta commentary about you used to be a combat creator and here's your here's the creator here's paul jenkins in the book and <laughs> i know that it's that just didn't it, really none of it quite me. connects it's all like I don't know. It's like somehow it's too long and moving too fast. I like the addition of the character and I like the complications that Sentry brings, but I I don't like the execution. What what do both of you think? Yeah, I mean it's it's a bit up its own. <laughs> Charlotte, you've been si- I just need to point out you've been going <sighs> so much. It's Have so I? Funny. <laughs> yeah, you've just been like <sighs> I think it's. <sighs> <laughs> you, you sound really miserable about these comics. I don't think no, you no, are. No, I'm, I, I really like them. I, th- I just think with Sentry, it's very much. I don't like. It feels like Bendis has an idea, uh, like has too much explanations he needs to go through to make him part of the team, and it's it's a bit long and overcomplicated. And I don't like. I feel like you, we could have had a bit of a mystery going on for a bit longer with him. And, like, we reached the point of him fully being himself after, like, ten issues. Like, I don't know, not dragging it out, but making it a bit more of, like, a background mystery for mm. a bit uh, a bit longer. I, think, I, don't, I don't think he wants team. to. I think he just wanted to get Sentry on the team. And I, Yeah, I no, I agree. But I think, yeah. like, with how fast it went... Like it's a lot of text of of Emma Frost explaining yeah. what's going on yeah. with with yes. uh, Bob Reynolds, Spikey a bit too much. Um, it's a but little I, I recap do... of the Jenkins J. Lee comic. It's a little yeah. bit of that to like bring people who haven't read that up to speed. And then it's also like trying to square, you know, the the more 
what's the word like like miracle man vibes of that comic yeah you know where it really you don't get the feeling this is supposed to be someone who's going to really interact with the rest of the marvel universe yeah trying to square that with like actually bringing him in i agree i th- i think all the ideas are good though and i think it actually like yeah pays off it is a little like it does feel like all right we got to get this out of the way we got to like establish yeah. all this we have to I think talk it's a about bit this tedious yeah. and messy in the execution yeah. but i yeah. do think like i'm excited about him on the team like i'm curious where that goes because i i know some stuff but not everything and i kind of um, like how it yeah. actually plays out i i think it's it's a little clunky uh but i i like the like the idea of these you know silver age villains coming and wiping his mind and then like him using his own power to then wipe everybody else's mind of the century right like um I, I think because he was funny. manipulated by mastermind Mas- mastermind AKA and Jason some Wingard, other guy. <laughs> aka the guy who made the dark phoenix saga happen with right. gene gray right um that's see that's that particular detail i do like you know that's that's bendis doing hey i've got the whole marvel universe in my grasp let's let's connect this dot that you didn't see coming you know um but i just think he he tries like five things and probably he needed one you know like lane in terms of like the explanation it's just i i think these four issues you i like where they net out i ultimately like <laughs> like if you just put the plot down in the wiki i'm like cool and now we got a century on a team and that's going to be complicated but the way like these issues are not good comics to read and i am the number one cheerleader for comics within comics you throw me a silver age flashback in the style of silver age comics about something happening that's going to reflect the modern day that is like the surest way to get my sign of approval and i don't like these (laughs) it it kind of doesn't feel like it feels like they're taking the jenkins lee comics and just kind of like it feels like referencing those rather than them actually doing anything themselves with it Mm -hmm. you know it -hmm. doesn't feel like they're taking that and expanding that aspect of it it does feel like just kind of a pale imitation i agree i i don't know i i I had a fun time with these i actually quite liked this so i I, it wasn't like a slog to me or anything but i think maybe my interest in seeing the century like integrated carried me through and actually wanting to know like what's up with him i i also you know like throughout all this conversation i I don't want to really sound that negative like i said one of the better avengers comics i've read uh, oh yeah for sure like it's it's a pretty good arc i i will say the raft thing i i'm still not like totally sold on that especially where it goes i think the the idea the breakout is pretty good and then the aftermath with everybody fretting that all these superheroes or supervillains escaped i think it doesn't sell that very well because of that like d-list vibe of, of all the supervillains that get out got out and it's probably just a function of you know they they can't use that many real big villains here because other people want to use them but like it doesn't feel like the world is in peril it's like dr strange being like some guy named the crusader showed up at my house and i had to send him to an interdimensional prison and it's like yeah. okay yeah it's just a bunch of like dweebs out there in the world like the wrecker and stuff right like i, I guess I, d- I actually like them starting there as opposed to the world is in peril yeah that's because fine. i think you can just... if you if you drop that well, it's interesting. I, you look I didn't at the even Morrison really JLA like... template. The first yeah. arc is like a Martian invasion. It is the world in peril. Yeah. And I, then I was going to say, if you drop that too early, it's hard to then raise the stakes. Well, from look there. at Young Avengers. I think Young Avengers hits the ground running and has a big threat right at yeah, the beginning. Yeah, that's, that's the I world think, in peril. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it works because I think it's very like staked emotionally in the characters too. But like, 
This I don't. Like, I, I like the team getting together and I, going and needing to stop the wrecker individually. Like sure, that's, I, I like that moment. Yeah. It's not like I guess it just doesn't actually do that much to even say that like you know crime has spiked and the city is just like nervous. Like I don't need Magneto taking over. It doesn't need to be Magneto level. Like Manhattan is under his sway, kind of thing. But I I even don't get that. Like it's more that they're in trouble <laughs> than that. Like the world is in danger because of this. Uh, is the vibe. I got from it. And then, like, the Carl Lyko-Sauron stuff. Who I like Sauron. I'm always happy to see Sauron. The Savage Land stuff, I kind of think that, like, spins its wheels a little bit. Like, that's more of an excuse to get to the S.H.I.E.L.D. forced labor camp stuff. Um, which I agree is intriguing, but also there's someone behind the curtains orchestrating stuff is, like, I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of classic superhero setup. Totally. It think, is, but right? it, it's I mean, also that's... not, like, I'm not, like champing at the bit to find out like what is going on here i'm kind of like oh it's interesting something's happening back there like i'll find I think out it's a, i think it's a nice bit of mystery while thing because i the big thing for me is like if someone's gonna set up like oh this is gonna get interesting i want them to do that while simultaneously keeping things exciting in sure. the moment yeah. you know um not at the expense of like oh well i guess we're just waiting and that's where that's where creators can really run into a problem um i think these comics do that like breakout you have the mystery of who sent electro but obviously it's just go 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 from there um i think the savage line does does get a little tedious um but at the same time it's kind of like, okay we have a corruption always. of shield sorry kind of as always savage yeah land. i savage mean land is never as exciting as you want what's the be? best what's the best savage land comics is it when rogue and magneto are in their jim lee outfits romancing in the savage yeah, land probably the post magneto volcano you when know, he's Claremont the the stuff. Claremont era, when he's got the mutates for the first time, that Wait, stuff's that stuff's solid. Scott, I mean, the first time I think they see Sauron, maybe I don't know, but no, yeah, no, def- yeah, no definitely not. No, no. Oh no, see, it's not because Benny O'Neill Adams. Adams. Sauron, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Um, no, it's you know, it's when Scott shaves his mustache and goes, ah, dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. You're right, and then you got it. That tracks. Yeah, where Storm takes a lot of uh, you know nude baths in the ponds and. Colossal Falls for one of the, the village women, something like that. Yeah. You want to talk Gosh. about exciting roster change? What if Keza had been like a big, big part of this? New oh, here, here's a here's something that irritated me. Yeah, I mean, Kazar would be. No, Kazar would suck. I would hate that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, oh, okay. I, I never need. I never need more Kazar content. Yep. Yeah. I gotta say, Zabu, I'm fine. Zabu wants to join the Avengers. I'm in. Hell yeah. Yeah, uh, sorry, we don't want you. We just want your pet. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great scene. Um, I was really annoyed by the Wrecker. I, I generally liked the, the Wrecker thing, but it ends with Spider-Woman, like, talking him down by being like, you know, why are you doing this? What do you want? Like, who are you? Why are you, you know, causing all this destruction? You know, do you ever think about it? Or are you just re- playing out familiar patterns and, like, kind of calms him down? And then it's so that, like... I don't remember who it is, Luke Cage or someone, or Captain America, can sneak up behind him and, like, bash him on the head. And that annoyed me so much, the, like, you know, we're just playing at being an empathetic hero because it's just a gag because that's so far removed from what they would think to actually do at this time. But, like, that is a way more intriguing angle than, like, a one-off gag of, like, oh, yeah, we're just playing at actually, like, trying to rehabilitate, right? Like, Okay, Charlotte, about- Charlotte, I need you to note this the time and this section of the audio <laughs> because Zach just made the case for Invincible because that is what Mark Grayson does Ooh. all the time 
It's true. I was thinking of James Tynion doing that with Sandman. Because I the whole time I was like, oh, Clayface, man. you mean? Yes, yes, Clayface. Thank you. Um, I was like, oh, man, the Wrecker's going to join the Avengers? That'll be fun. Like, oh. because, because the Clayface joining Batman's team is, yeah. like, one of the coolest <laughs> things about that run. And Batman being like, we're going to rehabilitate you and, like, actually working with this guy and, like, having... I mean, we've seen villains, like we said, we've seen villains join before. Villains joining the team is nothing new. But, like, the this this angle, him setting up as a gag kind of annoyed me. Because I was like, I love the Wrecker. Wrecker well, it's mostly Silver Age, guys. So. It's mostly to tease Jessica's pheromone abilities. Which also is, like, kind of... Which I don't yeah. know if that's been a thing previously or not, or if that's a Bendis yeah. edition. I think um, it was a thing, but it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I you know what, Zach? I'm with you on that idea being much cooler which is to say, if you want to actually be transformed, you know, a little more transformative with the roster, yeah, the rehabilitated villain, like that could have made things a lot spicier. Yeah, yeah um, it's still, it's still very of its. Era I don't think the wrecker like, would have been the pick. <laughs> I don't know. That would be. I love the wrecker. Yeah. I think he's so cool. <laughs> he flips buildings with a crowbar. <laughs> I love those. I'm more of a, I'm more of a Thunderball guy. If we got, it's so funny thinking like, yeah, what? Where's the record get his power? It's Loki. It's one of those fun like. It's Loki with a crowbar. Yeah, yeah. Crowbar. stones yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I, oh, I think... sorry. You said you said earlier that Century. I think you were saying like Century had all the uh, you know edges smoothed off. I just yeah. That, that's a good uh, reminded me to bring up Jessica Jones who. Oh yeah. Despite the fact that it is Bendis who created her, uh, feels like it has nothing to do with this character. And yeah, uh, you were, you were on this in the pulse, and yeah. we see it here twice. And uh, I mean, I can't I can't argue it. I'm not. Gonna, she, th- she's not yeah. totally useless. She's just kind of like she's totally backseated. She definitely like her personality is ground way down. Um, well, there's also yeah. a real, and I think this probably stems in a lot of ways from the fact that she is perpetually written by guys in this era but it's like she's really reduced to i'm pregnant now yeah kind of kind of becomes her yeah. character and it's like she's such a fascinating character <laughs> like at least i like a lot and uh, i don't know yeah she really just gets young avengers does a touch more with her with at least like i kind of like her she's chatting with her coworkers at daily bugle like jjj and cat who I, I don't know if we've seen before cat Farrell, yeah but yeah um talking to them and talking to the young avengers as kind of a like um, you know, old guard hero who, yeah, like someone who used to be a superhero and now is just a normal person, but has that like past and expertise. Uh, I kind of liked like the way that she was like talking to, you know, a friend at work <laughs> and her friends like, yeah, I wanted to be you when I was a teenager. Like I thought all that, that was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That worked. Um, yeah. But yes, okay. Do we have any, more, yeah. do we have any additional? So, I mean, my, my main takeaway here is I actually love this kickoff. I think it makes Avengers the most exciting it's been, I mean, since I can remember. Yeah, yeah it's hard to think of something that's actually yeah. like... Um, and really I just think, you know, it gives direction. So, like, even if, even if these comics are flailing a little, there is always that sense of, like, yeah, but it's pretty important for, for the kind of this journey the Marvel Universe is on. Um, and, I don't know, that's going to appeal more to the, the type of reader probably following along in the MMY club where they're like, yeah, I, I want to know the big beats and I want to know the central ideas and stories that are driving this universe. Right. Um, new Avengers is always going to be a home for that for the next like eight years. Yeah. You know, it's cool. Which is like, cool. I'm, I like, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading more of it. Like, um, I certainly don't want to, I mean, we skip some, you know, we jump to 16 for the next batch. Like 
I'll be reading it. Yeah, um, I don't know that like I'd call it a read it. at all. I it, it's not. I don't love it that much quality wise. It's probably a bit of a read at all continuity wise. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I'd say that's the vibe yeah. I'd got. Yeah, it's to me. It's interesting to to talk about it in the context post Ultimates because like. It is it is technically like the second modern two thousand reinvention of the Avengers, just the first yeah. one in the main Marvel universe, um, and I think it's interesting to see how it compares to to that because it's it does similar thing on the level of making it like a kind of blockbuster comic, both scenaristically uh, mm-hmm. right. and visually, especially with the the breakout arc. Um, but I think it's more like it gives a better it has. Better, better balance between mod- modern stuff, but like then still being like a classic superhero thing. Like I, just the the introduction with Electro and the mysterious guy who, who hires him, and like Electro asking, "So costume or no costume?" And it's up to you. So costume and pulling pulling the mask. Like that's that's a fun, cool superhero moment. That's like yeah, we're we're doing a modernized version of the, the Avengers, but it's still the Avengers. It's still it's still superhero stuff, and it's mm-hmm. not ashamed of that in the way that like Miller and Ultimates can be sometimes. Yeah, um, and that's something I really appreciate about it. It's like a, a good balance between like the modern 2000s blockbuster of of Ultimates and like the classic Avengers like. <laughs> Big, big superhero, big, uh, big, colorful stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's. Um, I think it's like it. It holds a good balance for for the future of like, mod, like bringing some ultimates, ultimate universe ideas and like style to to the Marvel universe without losing what it is in the process. Um, yeah, I just think it's it's interesting to to not forget that's like, hey, yeah, the ultimates, ultimates was there. Like, yeah, not everything yeah. is appeared in a vacuum um yeah interesting to see it's interesting to like compare i didn't actually think of that while i was doing this but like the kind of big swing ambition that i was talking about missing i do think is present in that first ultimates arc sure yeah but i also don't think it's as like successful just moment to moment as this comic is right so like yeah it's a mixed bag also you know you read this knowing like this is going to impact the whole marvel universe it feels a little more significant and you know big yeah ultimate never ultimates never feels as viable as like a long-term concept that always feels like yeah that works for little mini series 12 issues yeah yeah Yeah. exactly which is fine i kind of yeah i still like that but Um, okay rather hang out in the world of new avengers as well and just before we move to (laughs) young avengers i do just want to give we didn't give enough credit here uh david finch and then steve mcniven well david finch did let the supervillains know that the Avengers are in town. Um, I, I yeah, you want to explain that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have to point this out. The description for um, for New Avengers number one, a Marvel Unlimited, has the weirdest turn of phrase to it that I had to read a few times because it made me feel like I was... Uh, it would have worked like, better for the century when it was like the comic book creators are yeah, comic sure. kind of thing. You know? it, says, but it doesn't doesn't make sense here. There's a new team in town. Captain America, Iron Man, Luke Cage, the Century, Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, and Wolverine are ready to throw down and david finch has made that all too clear to villains everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like, like i mean it's weird that it's just david finch and not like and finch if it was if finch if it said finch and bendis are making that clear to villains i'd be like okay that's still kind of weird but like sounds like they're directly interfacing with the villains uh, yeah 
But the fact that it's just David Finch makes it really strange to me. I don't understand but, what that does. Yeah. So my, my point, though, is Finch does yes. the art on Avengers Disassembled. Yes. And it does carry through. You know, you talk about, oh, it feels like modern Marvel. It's like, yeah, that's it's not just the, the style. It's not just the dialogue. It's not just the plotting. Um, it's the visuals as well. Finch and McNiven yeah. own that. And it feels, you know, Breakout feels like an event. Um, because you're carrying over from the same creative team that just did the big Avengers event that disassembled the team, you know? Um, and I think if you can make your, the kickoff to, you know, the first three issues, your relaunch feel kind of event sized, um, you know, in an Avengers book, like that's kind of exactly what you want. So speaking of events, speaking of big events in the Marvel He's good on art and, but, uh, Jim Chung (laughs) on Young (laughs) Avengers. They look really similar. Did you notice that? Reading yeah. That, reading that? Like, it yeah, is no, very much the style, you know. If you, if, in a vacuum, yeah. if, you know, you weren't, like, if you just kind of read these quickly and you were, like, and somebody's, like, yeah, those are the same uh, same creative teams Oh yeah. all these books. I would yeah. not huh. really flinch at that. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Especially the art. Shung like, feels much, I don't know, smoother, cleaner than... I feel that way now. I didn't bit, feel yeah. that way about reading Young Avengers again. Because okay. I, I like Chung stuff oh, sense can, a lot more. Sorry, I just I do need to point out, Dave. I, this this is a, a serious conversation I've been have with you. You have cultivated <clears throat> a culture of silence on this podcast uh, in regards to talking about faces. Because I feel like I'm not allowed <laughs> to bring up Captain America had one of the funniest like uh, <laughs> buck teeth uh, like farm boy g-shucks kind of look to him <laughs> do you know what i'm talking about there's one panel where he just does no, a like smile reaction to somebody and uh it, it's so funny he just looks so uh like there's a, a handful of those i think yeah. there's a handful and it's like i almost wrote it as a note and then i was like i can't i can't even bring this up because dave is gonna be like he's gonna yell me down he's gonna beat me up he's gonna make me feel this big for <laughs> pointing out the tiny flaws of a well, I mean, I do like to make you feel artist. like a little boy, but I will say, um, <laughs> if you're if you're talking about, you know, consistency in character design or consistency in anatomy, when they're a feature of the panel, that's a fair criticism, I think. Uh, where I where I tend to get, you know, ornery is when it's the zoom in on a background character looking weird. No one, and, and no then one I'm like, I here don't has care. ever done that. I, I think I did that. Don't lie to my face. Steve don't Ditko. lie to my face. I think I laughed about Bagley. how Steve did. No, I didn't do that for Bagley. I did that for Bagley, the zoom in on the faces. But I used to do that for Steve Ditko because he does draw the funniest, like literally two dots and a little curved line for people's faces in the background. And it's yeah, really sure. Funny. Yeah. yeah, which yeah. I don't no, mind. I, now, I mean, now I'm I, charmed by it. My thing has been, you know, the the artists that they'll just, if they're background characters, they just straight up will not put any elements on their face. Mm. And they're just these blank, horrifying, you know, <laughs> like, no nose, no mouth thing. And like, I, yeah. that kind of drives me nuts. Um, I get it as a time-saving device. Like, I don't know, that does actually bother me. But yeah, I mean, if you're talking they like... just use AI. Featured right character. In. I don't understand. Oh, wow. No, now it comes a, out. Now it comes Photoshop out. Photoshop generative fill. Like, this is what you've deal? been... <laughs> This is what you've been waiting for. It's finally anyway, say we can replace artists with no, AI. Bo- both Finch and uh, Chung are good, although both do feel like, um, what's the uh, guy, the ultimate artist? I can't remember. Brian Hitch. Hitch, I mean, Hitch, the, Hitch. This era I mean, is, you know, Brian Hitch has a tremendous influence. I, no it feels like Brian Hitch, but if Brian Hitch had to work on a monthly cadence versus what he did on Ultimates, which is, you know, stretch that out over like a year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, very. I think it's all, all very good. 
Young Avengers is so cool. Charlotte, do you love this <laughs> series or is it just the later stuff that you like? I wasn't sure no, if like, I, you really like this too. because I. It's really not like one of my favorites in the same way Volume 2 by Gillian and McKelvey is in, mm-hmm. uh, in 2012. It is still a comic I really, really like and I think is like... I, it's insane to me. So I think in English, it's like not that hard to find it, although I don't know for sure. In French, there hasn't been like a French edition of Young Avengers like in more than 10 years, which is insane to me because it is one of the best books to put on the stop, hand stop of like... Stop pounding your fist. <laughs> Am I pounding my fist? Sorry. I don't know. I can hear someone pounding. Unless Dave is just getting angrier and angrier. Anyways... <laughs> Um, just hyping her up. <laughs> Thank you. It's like it's. I think it's one of the best comics to put in the hands of like a teenager who has like never read Marvel comics and wants to get into Marvel. Like read Young Avengers. It's so good. It's like a the best bit introduction with like new correct characters, but also like meeting some classic figures like Captain America, Iron Man, uh, King, <laughs> and like J. Jonah Jameson and, and Jessica J- Jones. I mean, I can't. What a weird decision to start the entire series on them sitting around talking about newspaper headlines <laughs> i really like this series is that, it weird i don't I think, think it's, it's i actually think it's kind of effective to like quick throw in the mix like this team's already together they're doing stuff oh pure, yeah like pure pure familiar running, marvel faces like, talking about it i like wanna, that better than appeal the team to the actually getting together the first time oh yeah okay, i mean i'm gonna I'll, I'll talk about that like this comic has so much confidence that like to, to intrigue you about these characters because I don't know it's it's really tough to introduce a new team you know it's tough enough to introduce a new solo superhero it's really yeah. tough to introduce a new team and get you to care about those individual players they all show up you do have the link to like all of them kind of reflect like the classic Avengers lineup you kind of have like your Thor your Hulk your um, Captain America your who else am I missing Iron here? Man Iron Man uh, in an Iron Man yep um you're like you, you got you know analogs of them but as kids um but it doesn't tell you anything about them and you just slowly learn little bits and by the end of it like i still don't know the deal of a few of them but like it has doled out the information slowly enough and given me like things to hold on to along the way like you learn about iron lad being a king right away and you're like oh man that's cool so like it builds up the hype for the other characters um people talk a lot about uh the, the ending, the last page of Thunderbolts, you know, being so cool when Zemo's like, yeah, it was yeah. it was Zemo all along. Yeah. This this page is better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The, like Iron Lad taking off his mask in the end of the first issue and telling Cap and Iron Man, yeah, I'm Kang. Like, that is yeah. such a good last page drop. Oh, That's it's great. great. And it follows and it, it up with a great arc around yeah, that, yeah, I yeah. think. Like, and it's also very good because it's not, like, if you know who Kang is, you're like, Holy hell, he's a Kang. If you don't know, it's been built up in the comic. Like, the Young Avengers discussing, like, Kang is coming. We need yeah. to do something about yeah. Kang. And, like, the last page of the issue is, I'm a Kang. That's, it's a good way of building it of building it up, even if you don't know anything about Kang or the Marvel Universe. Um, and, yeah, it's, like, it's it's such a good arc. And, yeah, that's, like, you, you, you said that before, Zach, about, like, how good it is as telling a six-issue story that feels like the culmination of an entire run... It's, like, immediately going to, Kang is here. The problem, the huge problem that would have been, like, 20 issues, he's already there, guys. Like, we need to deal with this. It's, like, it's really, really good at that. And it it stays simple. It's just, like, time travel thing. Either Iron Lad goes back with Kang or 
like time goes old screwy and Earth oh is i mean it's on. setting the stakes for that so high at the beginning yeah. but like grounding it like in the emotion of this team because it's like i'm just starting to get to know the team i really like start kind of dig these like kids and their their team dynamics like you want them to succeed and then for the end of the first arc to be like he has to like they kill king and he has to go back to like close the time loop which you know it's all very hand wavy time travel stuff but you get the stakes of it which is what's important um yeah like you feel that uh like tension of him needing to totally drop out and be like pulled into this position that he doesn't want to be right like i'm sad when iron lad has to leave the the group already which is crazy it's like six i mean i'm not you know i'm not crying in my seat but like uh i'm invested i'm invested in this character and i'm invested in the fact that like he has to you know abandon the team already to go become the next king to fix the timeline like i think that's a crazy ambitious uh like dave like you wrote in your newsletter like when you have the storytelling cash spend it i think this first arc does it so well because it sets up so much stuff besides the fact that it sets up the new team it introduces two new members to the team who like join as we watch we get kate bishop and cassie lang right uh kate bishop's brand new she just kind of she was being held hostage at a wedding i think and she like kind of proved herself there um and gloms on to the the rest of the avengers and then cassie lang's ant-man's daughter who wants to go like find his stuff at the avengers mansion and get sucked into the happenings and finds out she has shrinking and uh growing powers oh sorry the comic's way too horny for her it sucks <laughs> like, it's like because right they make a step. point of saying she is she's 15 14 like, no like she's 14 going 14. on 15 oh god and it, uh there's there's a weird moment where she she grows all of a yeah. sudden to like 10 feet tall and they keep her her clothes as if they had ripped to like kind of just barely conceal her uh-huh. um Honestly, it would have been better if she was just completely naked, but like hiding behind a tree. Because <laughs> it, it's like horny and doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, like your shirt wasn't that big. Yeah. It's very like nipply is the way they draw it. And I'm like, this is. Yeah. It's so. It's Yeah. I, I hate this stuff so much. Um, yes. If they totally desexualized it and just made it a gag about being embarrassed about being nude in front of your. You yeah. Because like other either, the, yeah. either the clothes grow with you or they don't. They don't yeah, grow yeah. halfway with you. Like that. <laughs> Either Just she has enough to still the sexy, clothes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's 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 dumb. Anyway, yeah, but by the end of this arc, we've got two new members. You have the old members who are still like being established. Like you get the reveal of um, Isaiah Bradley as the original Captain America's yeah, grandson, yeah. right? Um, Eli Bradley is the guy. Yep. Um, which who, which as as the the world's leading proponent of continuing the story of truth, red, white, and black, and actually being referenced in Marvel comics is a fantastic idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is a, a truly fantastic idea to have in the, what becomes, you know, a must-read book, you have Cap and Eli referencing Isaiah Bradley, the black Captain America, and that work, where then you can have readers be like, what's that about? And go check out Truth. It is the yeah. only, yeah. <laughs> it is like the only comic that does that. You know, it's a big deal. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, his thing is cool. Hulkling... Finding out that they're not a Hulk, they're a shapeshifter, is intriguing. I'm assuming Skrull, but I don't really know. Um, Maybe. And then as the, the Asgardian, I think they quickly realize doesn't make sense, because even by the end of the arc, they shift it to be Wiccan, because they aren't commanding lightning, they're doing spells. Um, well, I, I guess it's a nice, everything's kind of a nice turn, where it's like they're cosplaying as Avengers, but none of them are actually mm-hmm. tied to that legacy yeah. in the way well, that they've suggested. Yeah. 
you know? Not in the right way, yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's like they're all close, but they all kind of have different it, powers, which I actually think is pretty smart. And they've yeah. all been pulled in by, like, Vision had some disaster protocols that, like, ping them all once the, Avi- the Avengers disassembled. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fun. Anyway, but by the end of it, like, you have this new team. There's still a lot of questions about them, but also, like, I'm very invested in these characters. But you also have a big, um, like, emotional hole in the middle of the team with Iron Lad. I think, like, that sets up so much interesting stuff that, like, Kang, the current teenage Kang now has left and he used to be on the team had a little romance with Cassie and now is gone like I think it just hits the ground running so well and then establishes so much future stuff like so much potential for future stories while you know also just establishing a good team like I I can't think of a time where I'm like yeah it set up seven new characters and I'm as invested in them as I am after six issues well so is this Is this the best King story you've ever read? I yeah, I was, was going to say, I mean, probably, yeah. for, probably yeah. for both of you, this is your favorite King story, It's right? so clean and easy. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. And the good. stakes are very, like, you know, it, it's not him wanting to take over the world, right? It's King wanting to, like, you know, ruin a teen's life, right? So you, it's much easier to get pulled into, like, the, the emotion of that one King? small story. King is also just, he's a good villain for teens, <laughs> like he, because yeah. his he's the conqueror like everything is so outsized and dramatic with him there's all this insane like dealing with time when you have teenagers like that has bigger ramifications because they've they've experienced less of it like he's a really good teen titans villain speaking of which you know we've talked before like the marvel comics universe has never had the, a teen hero team oh yeah have we talked you know? about new I, I don't think i've ever thought about that well we did because when we talked about new warriors and the attempt mm, mm, mm. to kind of do yeah. that because they do have the new warriors and i think all none of us are new warriors proponents right mm-hmm. so for new warriors fandom they're like how dare you and i'm like well your your second most interesting character is speedball so well, how dare yeah. you i mean i feel like um, the new mutants is the successful version of that sure, but it's so yeah. mutant specific that's yeah. not like yeah, yeah. i'm kind of discounting x men when i say that and think about that um but you're right i mean new mutants yeah. is is the best teen team book for sure uh, that's yes, one hundred percent. So maybe that's kind of unfair. But either way, like, but they know, don't they have a Teen Titans. They don't analog. have sidekicks, yeah. right? In the, in the way the DC universe, you have your Robins, you have your Kid Flash, you know, you have you have easy kind of sidekicks. The Marvel universe just doesn't do that in large part because of Cap and Bucky and kind of the trauma around that, um, which is not something I. They kind of they kind of tap into it here, where Cap's like, you know, how could I ever do that again after Bucky? Which kind of makes sense. Dave, um, sorry, I'm. Are you wearing your Bucky costume right now, Zach, or is it just sitting next to you? <laughs> no, I just want, like, I wish you could see me on camera because I just, like, I literally put my head in both hands and just started looking around, like, frantically because you just said Marvel Universe doesn't have sidekicks. And I was like, oh, my God, the Marvel Universe doesn't have sidekicks and DC does. I've never <laughs> noticed that difference. Yet yeah, yeah. It's an insane thing for me to have been doing this for so long and not have, like picked up on that <laughs> i mean yeah. no the marvel universe has exactly one sidekick it's rick jones rick jones is every <laughs> he's everyone's sidekick <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> that's so funny i've never really thought about that but like it's so integral to the like legacy nature of dc <laughs> yeah, yeah marvel doesn't have it which i wonder if you know is why you know it has yeah, to do with marvel not growing up the same way dc does right Letting well it's definitely what age. it's definitely how dc gets to Gets to legacy experience right, right. faster. Oh my yeah, god! It's it was, at the core of Marvel does that with like love interest or like friends rather than with 
um, right. with like sidekicks or right. younger versions. Huh. Sorry, but I, it's, it is a bold thing to it. introduce in 2005, right? Because you're not going to yeah. suddenly have the new Avengers be like, all right, we're forming a new Avengers team and all of you pick a teen <laughs> for your sidekick. Like you're not going to do that. So to introduce brand new characters at this level who at least initially seem to be, you know, inspired by the motivate, like this could go wrong very fast. Like this could be really ugly and forgettable. And instead, you know, to your point, Zach, it's six, seven new characters who have legs um, and, and are interesting and, are kind of vital. I think Avengers dis- like the context of when this comes out is essential as well. This only works when the Avengers have just disassembled. You know, both plot-wise with the vision stuff, but also just kind of, you know, conceptually where it's like somebody needs to fill this gap and having teenagers feel like it could be them. You know, it's kind of an inspiring motivation. Um and then at the same time, I mean this is a top 5 Kang story no question. Uh like it is <laughs> like it's one of the cool it is I mean, probably the coolest Kang development in, you know, 15 years. Um, it, it's it's quite effective. It's I mean, good. We, it, I don't know that just, the time travel stuff connects like, with me quite as uh, well. Yeah. yeah it's, you know, because it, it very um, back to the future protocols, right? Where sure. it's like, yeah. you know, if one thing changes, then we see the landscape around us change and all that. Like, I actually kind of don't prefer that. But it, it to your points, it sets up events. It sets up the stakes are everything. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not as, like, crazy into it, but just, like, in terms of what it sets up and the foundation and the speed with which it moves, you know? And again, you know, Zach, to your point about if you have cash, spend it. There's a, there's an urgency, yeah. I think, that comes with launching a new series and taking a risk to begin with that kind of makes you do that, you know? Which is why I think a book like this works because they're like, well, we, we don't know that we're going to get an, an issue seven, you know? Like, you know, they don't know that, so we have to go. But, like, acting like you're not going to and telling, you know, such a big story right (laughs) off the bat instead of playing it safe and telling, you know, something. It it feels like, you know, one of the best, like, TV pilots where, you know, you get most TV pilots that are just like, yeah, it's establishing the characters. It's giving you a (laughs) core premise and some kind of hook or something. But, you know, it's the pilot. It hasn't, like, really, the show hasn't started yet. But, like, this feels like Lost, where it's, you know, like, such big swings and it sets up so much stuff, um, you know, and it's definitely not, like, trying to treat the pilot as just the the place where, you know, I introduce everybody and you, you get to know, you know, what they're gonna be upset about, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, yeah. the thing that him leaving, Iron Man gets stripped out of the team in the first six, or Iron Lad, gets stripped out of the team in the first six issues. That's huge. Um, right. I think that's, that's a huge swing. I'm I'm looking at it now. It only gets six more issues, and then we don't get Young Avengers again until the 2013 run. Uh, that is there is a, a uh, miniseries. Technically, there's yeah. the Children's, Children's Crusade. Crusade. Oh, that. good. Yeah. Are we reading any of that? Because I don't see more Young Avengers on this list. Oh, we'll have to read. Steam. We'll have to read Children's Crusade. It uh, yeah. It's massively delayed. Um. So oh, by okay. the time it comes out, it's like, is it like 2010, 2011? It takes Without spoiling anything, it's as much a Young Avengers sequel as it is like a House of M epilogue. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see. It's okay. it's continuity very relevant. Yeah. Um, okay, Charlotte, a question for you. As yeah. as the biggest Young Avengers, well, at least previously the biggest Young Avengers fan. I feel like I think, Zach I think might Zach's be, coming for yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I did version, not expect yeah. this, to be clear. I kind of was all I'm really skeptical. happy you're enjoying it yeah, as much. Yeah. yeah, I had a great time. So my question for you is, as someone very familiar and who loves a lot of these characters, who who stood out to you on a reread of their formation as being done well, and who stood out to you as like, oh, I think they're going to get a lot better later? 
Um, I mean, I, it's not exactly what you're asking, but I feel like the the Wiccan hulking stuff. I was like, okay, I know it's not there at first, but it's it, it, there is still a bit. It's still a bit frustrating. Doesn't it feel like you know? it kind of is though? It feel like it is, but they're like they're like, oh, can we can we do it yet? Uh, not sure. Like, right. Because I think that was what was. I mean, it, like it's not really a spoiler. Like Wiccan and Hulking are a couple. Um, oh, I but- kind of thought they were going to be brothers. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I was like, is this Billy and Teddy or something? I, I kind nope. of thought it was. Okay. Just a couple no, no, no. of brothers. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I definitely got that there was some... I don't remember specifically, but I remember being like, there's some gay vibes here. There's a like, tenderness My, gay, my gaydar was pinging a bit. I, I did uh-huh. read, sorry, that Alan Heinberg um, did want to initially make Hulkling <clears throat> appear as a girl... So that he oh, could yeah. sneak in a gay relationship, basically, by having it be like a rug pull. And boy, I'm glad he didn't end up doing that because that's yeah, uh, <laughs> this was messier. Uh, the thing yeah, I remember, I, I was good. I've been investigating Tom Brevoort a lot lately. <laughs> he's the editor on these <laughs> Avengers titles, and he's going to be taking over. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm an investigative journalist. Charlotte, Look out, Tom! Dave's coming for you. Yeah, and uh, he's he's taking over X Men next year. So this is why I've, yeah, yeah. it's been top of mind. It's been top of mind for a lot of X-Men fans in the modern day. Um, but I was curious, like, you know, kind of what's his track record with, with any sort of progressive ideas. And this was one of the limited positives was the, the Wikipedia, at least, I don't know. The sourcing on this isn't fantastic, but it was like Alan Heinberg, you know, said that crazy plot. And I think Tom Brevoort actually is, is at least on whatever source I saw, you know, credited as saying like, no, we can, we can have them be gay characters. Um, so it was yeah. at least one positive sense of like, that's what gave the go ahead for Billy and Teddy to ultimately have a, a relationship and not have to mask it in shape shifting and gender. I don't, yeah. I don't even know what you call that. Right. Um, confusion, I think ultimately is how it would net out. But, uh, so a small notch in the belt of Tom Brewer. I think if you're, if you're in the modern day like me and you're thinking about what's he going to be like as an X-Men editor, I do think the start to the Avengers era that he's a part of is is kind of best case scenario. Because um, mm-hmm. I think he comes in and is at least not getting in anyone's way, probably helping a great deal in terms of like, let's take some swings. Let's build, right? There, there's a sense of building here with new Avengers and young Avengers, I think, yeah. um, where it's like, okay, we disassembled everything. Let's build what the modern era should look like. And I, I just always am going to prefer that as opposed to like, well, let's uh, let's recapture the the past. Like that's that is the least interesting thing, mm-hmm. I think. And both of these do that; they move forward. I mean, also, uh, just bring it out. MCU definitely. It's so weird the MCU has not hinted <laughs> at this, like in any kind of significant way, right? What do you mean? Well, that they haven't actually like. There's no indication to anyone who doesn't deeply know these comics that a new young Avengers team is coming. I'm just surprised that they haven't, like... I guess they've, like, introduced a bunch of the characters. Right, but if unless you already know, like, oh, that's the roster. You know, unless you're a Marvel head, you won't know that. But, like, yeah, it is kind of interesting that all of them except for Hulkling, all of these characters except for Hulkling have shown up in some form or another. Well, didn't, I uh... Oh, I guess, I guess Hulk... We don't know who Hulk's kid is yet. And I don't think that's actually, like, supposed to be this one. Is that no, Sc- yeah. Does he call him Scar? Does anyone yeah, they yeah. call him yes. Scar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. Okay. Uh, and I, I just looked it up. Hulkling will make his live action debut in Agatha Darkhold Diaries. <laughs> and they already, have, they already have him cast. So. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I guess so. Anyway. Uh, Do you... Anyway. Here's a question. Yeah. 
Will Agatha Darkhold Diaries be released? Is that a TV show that will actually <laughs> yeah, I, happen? I, I, I think so, because... Ah, don't talk too much about it, but I feel like Agatha, the Agatha show is going to be the, like, like stealth Young Avengers prequel. Uh, okay. Like, given okay. what yeah. it's about. Um, but yeah, not saying anything else about it, because I feel like that's spoiling stuff. Um, I feel like but, in that case, Charlotte, yeah. they should call it Young Avengers, the Darkhold Diaries. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah. No, I think I mean, it, it's already mostly done filming. So yeah, it probably. I just, yeah. to me, that Hoping. feels like maybe yeah. the last remnant of the we're too big to fail MCU. Sure. Oh, yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, like, yeah, people are, people love that Agatha song. Let's do a whole series. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, well, they already filmed it, so I think that's Ironheart is the last show that they've announced that isn't filmed uh, at all. Oh, it is. So. It is. Is it filmed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it is in post production. Oh, god. All right, so maybe we're gonna get still Ironheart and the Daredevil show, and who knows? Because uh, they also did you know that um, they they've talked about doing a Wonder Man show. Yeah, yeah. Is, it was uh, it was cast yeah, with yeah, the guy who was uh, Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Abdul Mateen, like yeah. crazy that they're burning that guy on Wonder Man. <laughs> I know <laughs> like, that casting. Well, they're not anymore. Oh, really? Okay. See, anyway, is that show is... already out? Because that's that's what should happen to a Wonder Man show. It should be canceled before. It yeah, can they canceled it not when you cast someone awesome. Vision quests. <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, wait. Is that true, Charlotte? You're. I don't see that. I think it's just halted because of the writers. I way. bet Charlotte investigated this, and I bet it's... I've yeah, seen, anyway, we're, we're, we're going down an MCU rap, Yeah, who, who cares? Anyway. Um, uh, no, to, to answer Dave's earlier questions about, like, the character that stand out the most to me on, on this reading, um, Kate, her, like, Kate Bishop is, like, such an interesting character because she comes in just as, like, a, a hostage in a, in a hostage situation at a wedding. Yeah. Like, she doesn't have any ties to pre-existing characters. She doesn't have any powers. She's just, like... Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna let you guys take like have all the fun. Like, I I want to. I want in. Like, I can. I can. I can shoot a shoot a, a an arrow and I can fight with a sword. Like, I'm an Avenger. Like, she's she's such a cool character and like interesting in that. I, what she what? she doesn't like totally click for me. She's probably the only one that I'm still like. Yeah, what's your deal? Like, you kind of showed up and you know. Yeah, I yeah. needed a little more from like at least why she has. Like, she's just like, oh, yeah, I learned how to shoot bow and arrow at summer camp. That's how I can stop King the Conqueror <laughs> like, yeah. with a bow and arrow. Um, yeah. You know, and, you know me. I'm, I have a, a, a real uh, hatred for Mary Sue's. So, you know, I'm always ranting about Mary Sue's uh-huh. on this podcast. <laughs> so, um, no, it's it's not that. It's just like there literally there's just not that much about her yet. And I also don't know her from future stuff. So I don't have kind of a built in yeah. like affection i guess um but anyway i was intrigued about her meeting the swordsman because i know you know in the uh the tv show there's some connection there uh and i like the swordsman so zach i just posted your last four minutes on tiktok and these comments <laughs> coming in are saying cancel zach get him oh, it's wild pod. though it, i'm getting a hundred thousand likes a minute <laughs> at the same time it's the most popular we've ever been yeah yeah, yeah. a lot of yeah. attention <laughs> yeah um yeah yeah anyway yeah kate bishop i needed a little bit a little bit more from but uh, i do i do kind of like what you're saying that charlotte she just kind of shows up and is like i'm yeah. cool i can fight like that's fun yeah she's, she's an interesting character i'm also like i feel like the relationship between the young avengers and the like 
and Captain America and Iron Man f- was more frustrating to me when I was a teenager. So I'm like, <laughs> hey, leave them alone. Leave them, <laughs> let them be superheroes. And like, now I'm reading it. I'm like, okay, no, I, I get the, I can, I get the point of view. You kids like, got to get back to school. You've got school in the morning. <laughs> it's, I think there's still a bit of that that's like kind of annoying and kind of like out of character that they would like totally like you it isn't it isn't though you know it actually yeah, i, I it actually think it works because they, they especially just going through spots, disassembled yeah. they're like we yeah, can't yeah, even yeah. protect adults and, and that cap were is not this. i i think cap actually he, they kind of thread the needle with him where he is not totally overbearing and just being like you know stop enough put put yeah, down yeah. the costumes i'm gonna stop you cold he's like apologetic and he's torn yeah, about yeah. it and he like you know he's like you kids clearly have proven yourself but like i just can't have that on my conscience right i just think they end up feeling kind of naive in the way they think they can just like stop them from being superheroes um but maybe they are right like it's it's an impossible (laughs) problem how do you it should it should be the thing where they tell them that and then iron man's like i'll keep tabs on them we know they're gonna keep doing it like they should be savvy enough to recognize that yeah yeah i'd i'd also like to say uh like in the future i know that like there are some instances of the Young Avengers and the Runaways meeting, and like every time that happens, oh god, we forgot like about that... the Runaways. We keep forgetting teen teams. There's <laughs> yeah. so many teen teams in the Marvel. Um, but every time that happens, it feels like Marvel tries to make like the Runaways like the cool hip version of the Young Avengers that like doesn't answer to anyone. Yeah, and every time that happens, I'm like. Okay, but the Young Avengers have such more more interesting and better comics than the Runaways, and I don't hate the Runaways. Like I, I like that team, and I like I'm I don't hate their comics. Like they're never on the level of this. The I Runaways are the Runaways are more punk aesthetically, right? Whereas yeah. the Young Avengers are, I mean, they, they're literally worshiping the their heroes, yeah. right? So that's you know, they wear that on their sleeves. Which is that the real punk? Is it truly punk to be more open? And yeah. honest about who you love, um, and no, also just I, I on the that. like, kind of like punk, uh, like uh, kind of like on the like queer level, <laughs> it's very funny to have that dynamic. While like the individuals are like the actual like fully queer team, and like the queer themes of, of Runaways are like, ooh, Brian Kevon has like some some ways of, of writing gender fluid and, and bisexual characters. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the Young Avengers definitely have longer legs, right? Yeah. In terms of. Those are some of tall like, teens. Yeah. Man, those teens are tall. Did you see Cass- <laughs> Did you see Cassie when she ripped her shorts just a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Well, that's a tall teen. Phrasing. Well, she's like nine feet tall. It's like Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, All right. Charlotte. Don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I love this. Was very surprised to love it. I was primed to <laughs> dislike it. I don't know. I fe- I'm surprised I you of- love this as much as you did. I, yeah, I'm yeah, intrigued by really that. Fun. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's good. It just worked. All right, I mean, next time. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was going <laughs> to say, it's not the teen thing. It's just a cool new superhero team, you know? Like, I think. Yeah, it works. Oh, also, I want to point out, Alan Heinberg barely does any comic stuff after. Like, he does some comic stuff besides, like, this. Yeah, but he did also run. write 2017 Wonder Woman movie. Uh, yes, right. And then he moves into, like, TV <laughs> movies, which is something we can talk about it some other time. But, like, this is the era of, oh, who wrote this? Oh, it's a guy who just did a ton of TV later. Right? Like we're having a lot of that lately where I'm like, oh, yeah. I love this comic. What has this guy done? This and then became a showrunner for like four shows, you know? Yeah. The uh, the Thor disassembled guy did that same thing. And I was like, I loved those comics. And then like, what else has he done? Nothing. Well, <laughs> there's definitely, I mean, obviously like we've had the Kevin Smith, Joss Whedon TV yeah, comics. Oh, it goes path, the other way. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, BKV, Brian K. Vaughn, you know, is going to have, have some at-bats on Lost. 
stuff like that, right? There's definitely going to be more. Is that true? He, he you worked know, on Lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, he he did all the smoke uh, smoke monster dialogue. Ah! Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's a good point. Okay. Yeah, Next yeah. time on My Marvelous Year, we're doing it. We're doing House of M. Uh, we're gonna do in the Reading Club. We're just doing Excalibur fourteen, which sets the stage for House of M number one through number eight. There are a gajillion tie-ins. You can read those via the Comic Herald reading order if you want to do the whole shebang. We are not going to be covering all of that. Although Zach and Charlotte, I will suggest to you, if you haven't read any of it before, give some of those a look-see to give uh, mm-hmm. to give yourself a chance. And if you're a true, truly committed host and respect our audience, you'll <laughs> okay. of course read the whole. You'll read the whole thing. Yeah, maybe I'll be on vacation, so I think I'll have time to uh, sure. to read it. Maybe I will, I or I'll read the rest of this Young thing, Avengers yeah. run because. Uh, it's not on the list, and I do want to. It's only six more issues, so I'm actually yeah, curious. I, I am kind of curious if the if the second half is is worth it's, going into. I think it's worth it. I don't <laughs> think it's as good at all. Um, and hmm. there is some stuff I don't love about uh, what they do with Eli, for example. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, I remember that. To, yeah, but it's it, it is it is interesting. It's interesting, and it also leaves you as like, oh, this is. That's it. That's that's all we're doing with those guys. Like that's that's the end of that run, um, which is kind of disappointing. But uh, yeah, it's still it's still interesting to get into, and it answers some of the questions about like the origins and the the mystery of some of these characters. Right. Here, here's something about House of M. Uh, I don't know anything about it except for the one moment. Right. There's the one right. big concluding moment or whatever, or maybe right. it's at the beginning. I don't know. Uh, now that we're right here at the cusp of it, I have no idea how where we are now leads to that <laughs> that moment and it's very confusing to me so i'm really intrigued to find like, <laughs> how those dots connect um, yeah yeah because like thinking about it i'm like what but yeah i anyway. think it'll make sense that's why we throw in the excalibur issue because that's a setup thing which i know probably i can't believe like, excalibur is excalibur going right really yeah. what um yeah, but like no it, it actually does active. set the stage yeah. It's yeah. Clement on Excalibur, isn't it? It is, and it's one of my least favorite comics of this entire era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True trash. Uh, that last issue is important. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Well, looking forward to it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And as always, we'll see you next year. See, see you next, next year. year.